The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. To the Starry Night Theater podcast. We are sponsored by JDS Electrical Inc., licensed and insured. Call 716 523 2711 for all your electrical needs. That is right, folks. We got ourselves a sponsorship. Yes. Woo! I'm so excited. It's exciting. It's um, Jesse Swartz's uh, electrical company. Great, great work. I worked with them for a couple months. Um, Great, great people, great people. They get everything done quickly. Uh, don't leave a mess, which is always important, I feel, in those projects. Yeah. So uh, look into them, for sure. Yeah, thank you for being our first sponsor. We appreciate it. Uh, I am DJ Swartz, your host. I'm Alex Sala, your other host. And today we have a very special guest, but before we get to her, there's been a lot happening this week. Uh, it's been hectic with rehearsals and... Uh, Especially three days in a row. Yeah, three days in in a row and ninety degree temperature. And <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it it's been it's been a good week. But I I want to talk about something that I don't know that we've talked about yet. Okay. I have completely overbooked myself this summer, <laughs> and uh, there's so much happening with with the classes and with the show, and the show is so much work like it it doesn't stop when i go home like it it's always running it's always a- yeah i had a um so during rehearsal you'll have like you'll have to fix certain things and you're like i'll go home and fix it whatever but the rehearsals end at nine you work the next day you work all day and then come to rehearsal when are you making those changes uh i do when I get home, I I look at the the things I circled and and go back and go over them, and then my lunch break the next day at work is just me sitting in my car with the script. Oh wow! Because I yeah. I wondered that I'm like, he, where does he have time to make these changes? There is no time. That's the that's the thing. Like I I was so this coming into this week, and and I want to clear this up because last pod episode I I was just. Uh, super negative. I was really negative and and complained a lot. Did people say something? No, nobody said anything. But listening back, I'm like, yeah. And like, I was just in in a mood because it's a lot. It's a lot. And I, I work nine to five, sometimes nine to six. And um, you do all that, then you go to rehearsal, and you're just burnt. I'm I was burnt out all last week. I was just my brain was mush. So um, it was easy to be negative about everything, and and that affects your work at the end of the day. So. Um, on Wednesday, I think it was no Thursday. It was Thursday. Thursday. I don't know. I think it was. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. <laughs> so Wednesday, I get home from rehearsal and my brain is just complete mush. And 
Carla was there <laughs> at my house to surprise me. Oh. So that was like I don't like the huge like shake up in my life, I guess. And then she came to rehearsal and like I was still just she came to rehearsal the next night to watch some things and I was still just like like you go through it and it's just hours and hours and hours and then I go home and sleep. So like mm-hmm. I don't I don't have free time. It's literally yeah. just work, theater and then think about the show when you're not there. Yeah. And that's 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 how it that's how it goes. So she came to rehearsal and I was getting all flustered and frustrated because it's so early on and, and we have we don't have a ton of time left. We but, don't. Um, I don't know. There's just there's so much to do still. And that's how it always goes. And she came to rehearsal and like changed my perspective on everything. And so I guess I just want to show a little gratitude for that because if you don't have those people in your life that will do that, like uh, kick me in the butt and be like, okay, but you have to do this and this is going to come out great and everyone's working so hard. So like you have to realize that. And so like she changed my perspective on, on everything. That's usually what she does. So shout out to shout Carla. Out for Carla. All that. <laughs> that meant a lot. Cause if you don't have those people to do that for you, it's going to be a tough, tough road. Like if, if I didn't come home and she was sitting there, I don't know what, where I'd be right now. And so I really appreciate that. And then, uh, yesterday, I watched uh, Sweeney Todd the movie for the 900th time. <laughs> the songs are just in my head nonstop. And I watched with my aunt and my uncle who haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my aunt Barb, my, my uncle Paul, my uncle Greg, my grandma, who just, my grandma just hated it every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> of course oh, no. she did. Uh, um, but uh, my, my aunt Barb and my uncle um, Paul were just like is so excited to see <laughs> what i can do with it and and that meant a lot where it's like these these people who i know and love and um respect obviously like are are, like respect my view and my what i can do enough to like watch this movie out of nowhere and i don't know just that they're putting effort in to to see something that i'm spending all this time to create like meant the world to me yeah so this whole weekend was was really the just like eye-opening and i'm now excited to get back to rehearsal to work and and put on a show that's gonna kick butt yeah that's like my my friend and her boyfriend as soon as they found out i was gonna be in it they went and watched the movie yeah so it's just exciting that they're also excited yeah that's and it feels great Mm because like that you get to a point where and i i've talked about this part where it's like why are we doing this like what at the end of the day what's going to happen from this we're going to do the show. I'm putting all this work in and it's just going to be over. And every show you get to a point like that. Like it's just going to be over. But the effect that it has on people. Yeah, the lasting impact. That's that's what it's for. And it, I, I always need that reminder every show. And I'm sure that's going to be like that for all my years. And whether it's my, my dad or my mom or Carla who will get me out of that funk, it's always someone. And, and I, don't, I think it's cool to show that like, all right, my lump just happened and now i'm i'm excited to get back and excited to to work again this week and and have a show that's going to be amazing yeah i think it's it's also hard sometimes when you're working on something like this of this magnitude and you you're like what am i doing this for what is yeah what is the aim because the aim the goal at the end of it isn't tangible it's not like you're doing this for an award right so you have to find that passion within you yes, and to be able to keep going and know that at the end of the day, this is just to 
tug on people's heartstrings and like get their emotion and make them connect to this art that you put out there and leave an effect on people yeah yeah and making that like you said the connection with the audience and that they get what it is that you wanted to put as your interpretation Mm -hmm. with yourself and your other directors yeah yeah come together cohesively that right there is is the goal and and makes it all worth it yes i i agree yeah so let's introduce our guest because we can all talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, our guest is. Do you want to introduce her? Or do you want me to? You can. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm stealing all the introductions. I'm it's sorry. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> um, our guest today is Joanne Miss. Thank Ooh. you for coming. I'm so happy to be here. Long time member. You are the the final pillar, yes. as my dad called <laughs> you guys. The finer final pillar final on one. this episode. Oh. So. And then we'll have you all together. That's yeah. Oh, that'll be wonderful. Yeah, that'll be a lot of I fun. I would love that. Uh, but you you understand everything that I'm feeling oh, and going through because you and my my parents have done it your entire lives. Yes, yeah. We we. I mean, I started being as a in it as a performer. Yes. But then when we did mesh our creative skills, I mean, I was working with your your dad and your mom, and then um, just with your mom. But we always had to kind of think of things together, even at at first. You think you're compartmentalizing, but you're really not. It has to be a group effort. You have to know exactly where, like with your case, where Sean wants to go musically. Yes. It has to mesh with what you want your characters to do. Right. And if that happened with me quite a bit, with, with like just recently even with your mom, and if I knew, but we had worked, worked together so often, I knew exactly when something wasn't. I could just look at her and I knew or, <laughs> right. or not look at her and just know this isn't going to work for her. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or your dad too, for that matter. We just right. knew. Yeah. And, and that's, Sean has been a really, really great partner throughout oh, all this. And that, he's just, I'm, I have no doubt. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, um, he's actually going to be our guest next week. So we can talk to him about that too. But just from day one, we've been on the same page, which was so incredible to have. That's super important. Yeah. Because yeah. it can be a big struggle creatively if you're working with people that you don't understand i mean myself not just at our theater but at school for 30 years doing a musical and a play i was lucky enough to work and collaborate with almost the same people for all of those years yeah but when i did switch gears um there was a little growing pain but we we got there and because you have to it has to ultimately be the director's vision right in in every way right you know costume set etc so, and music, of course. Right. Something that I I was thinking about last week was the difficulty of you making cuts and then having the music still line up with the pacing of the show. Yeah. How does that even work? You have to make sure there there's no like long pause, extra pause, or. That's true because there have been times where over the years I've had to add some scene change music or take out a portion of a song. And technically, we'd always figured out how to do that mm-hmm. if it yeah. wasn't a live performance, which that was so much easier when I had piano players or in- instrumentalists because I could just say, oh, they could just go, this is cut, going. this is cut. But you, you still have to, like you said, keep that scene, the artistic integrity of that scene going. And it, it might change things. But I think as the director, you know where it's going to go. So you, your musical choice, if the musical's written well, you can extract things, I think, and have it still be successful. Yeah, the script gave a lot of uh, optional cutting things, and the, the music yeah. still like because the music just bleeds into every other thing. So yes. it's, it's been a 
uh, pain to do that. But I would love to get to a point where we can have live music. That, right. I that's know. Like that would be Bring that cool. back. I, yeah. I would I, love that again. You know, um, years ago, we had a small ensemble, a small orchestra. Then it went down to two pianists. But, you know, they would add other things within the keyboard you know, to make that extra sound. I'd say, just change the voicing on this, make it sound more like this or that. But I think it is kind of important, and it would be wonderful to go back to that. Yeah. I didn't even realize they mm-hmm. did that. Yeah, for a long time we did. Yes. Oh. And I- How did it um, change? Well, it is a financial issue. Uh, you had, right, do have right, to right. pay, like union musicians expect, and, and re- deserve a certain amount of uh, money for their hours and time because it's not just playing live, it's preparing mm-hmm. and getting into your head as the music director too. They, I, there were times where I had uh, a friend of mine who was a woodwind player have like four instruments with him to, to kind of make the sound kind of craft it the way we ended up needing it. Oh, wow. Um, and when we were at the high school years ago, uh, I had a couple friends and then just a few instrumentalists kind of adding in when we did Anne of Green Gables one of the times. But again, and then it, the other reason it waned a bit is I was in some of the shows. So yeah. it was hard for me. I couldn't conduct and unless one of my musician friends was willing to kind of lead the, the combo, right. then, then otherwise it wouldn't work out. Sean was still too young. Yeah. To, yeah. But he, right, yeah, right. I remember, yeah. I, watching everybody grow up here. So yeah, I, I would love to get back to that, and, and I think that that's important, like you said. Um, all right, so let's get into our beef. What is <laughs> what is your beef, Alex? You want to start? Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I, then, do we do it in our beef voices from the? You can do it in your beef <laughs> you, voice. You yeah. can. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I was trying to think of what my beef would be this week, and I actually just got it. I went to the bathroom here before we started the podcast, and. If you've ever gone to the bathroom here, I don't know what it's like in the boys' room, but the toilet paper rolls, they don't rotate 360 degrees. So when you pull the toilet paper, it doesn't go anywhere. So you can't get more. You have to, like, put it over the other side and feed it through. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So it only goes 180 degrees. So it just stops. And you only get, like, half. That's frustrating. Yeah. So that's my beef because I, I mean, you just got to be able to rotate the paper roll. Yeah, unless it's one of those really cheap ones that has no paper roll in the middle. <laughs> no, like, I don't know. Like I don't know, government issue during like <laughs> bomb shelter times, yeah, or, or pandemics. But if you if you go to the bathroom, the you'll roll. see what I mean. But I'm yeah. gonna exit now. Can you pause? <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I'm gonna go check this. Out. Let's <laughs> investigate. <laughs> okay, so 360 degree. Toilet paper rolls need to be yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I yeah, I I support it. So the men's bathroom doesn't have that issue. I don't know how far I want to step onto this. <laughs> I just what? it's just <laughs> talking about a toilet paper roll. I don't use toilet paper. Oh okay yeah yeah got it. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> Do you use That's Clorox a wipes of, for that? Can of worms. <laughs> I use. No, I, I use. I forgot. You don't. There's go a lot of people <laughs> wondering right now what what goes on. I he doesn't go to the bathroom in public. Well, I don't go to the bathroom in public, but I I have a thing of wipes in my car. That's what I use, <laughs> or a bidet. Ah, I am I am bidet. Uh, a traveling bud- bidet. <laughs> I I uh, if somebody's out there listening. A traveling bidet needs to be created. Now, that's a million-dollar idea that could be perhaps an offshoot of the yeah. theater, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> We're just coming up with great inventions here. I'm a huge fan of bidets. Uh, I looked for one uh, when I went to Tennessee last year because uh, the the place said, yeah, no, like you can't flush wipes. And I mean, most places you can't flush wipes, but it's a sickness. I, I can't <laughs> help it. Sickness. I won't do it with toilet paper and that's all. Well, you just, it's I okay. mean, you have to throw out the, it's a thing. the wipe. Just put it in the trash can. That's that is the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. If that were to happen, you do have to remove the bag immediately. It's kind of a little bit yeah, like leaving a diaper without. Yeah, you have to kind of take. Care so wait, of that. do you flush at home? Absolutely, I flush. I flush everywhere. But that's bad for the drainage. System. I know it is. <laughs> I, that's why I, I switched to a bidet. Oh, okay. But my yeah. whole life, I've been using. Wipes. I don't use toilet paper. I refuse. Your mom just mysteriously gets drainage issues. <laughs> the whole. I'm Robert sure the whole Ritter city is on speed dial. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm sure the whole city is suffering because, because of my of wipe, wipe usage. I'm sure, and I apologize, but I can't fix. I can't. They do fix have it. some that are supposedly biodegradable. Yeah. So. That's what the. That's so what all my bags. <laughs> and I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's just dog poo. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I'd get into this on this podcast. But, but yeah, it's no. It's out there now. It's yeah. out there. But bidets. I, I'm a big uh, supporter <laughs> of bidets. I think everywhere should have a bidet. I, I need to get one. I've been Europe, trying. They I've have been wanting to. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, it's and, and, and here we're just... my my Okay. That... That'll be my beef because we're we're getting into that part anyways. I, I'll change my beef. You you Joanne do your beef first. <laughs> my beef right now <laughs> is that I had a beautiful bird bath for years in my yard. Yeah. And there's been crows in my neighborhood, <laughs> and they've been wrecking it and leaving. I and I read this online. Crows apparently use bird baths and puddles and things for their sink to wash their food. I have found everything from like bread. And God, unfortunately, torn apart birds. Oh my God. So I took the thing down, and now there are two or three crows that sit on a wire near my house and, <laughs> and caw at me as soon as I come out the door. And I know they're going to get my, they're going to scratch my head. And I think they're coming from. I know where they're coming from because there's no place for them to live. Because so you just my took biggest away... beef right now in the state <laughs> is that we are not. Taking buildings like, like ones that we sit in, or like our beautiful theater, yeah. they're not taking buildings and reinventing them, or like resurrecting that that land space and making a new building. Instead, yeah. they're knocking down trees and all of the habitat where animals live, and then right. they're—I was going to use a swear word, but I won't—they're <laughs> complaining about how oh, I've got this thing in my yard, or this in my yard, or there's deer in this street. Well, because they have no place to live, morons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just stop knocking down forests and building Kentucky Fried Chickens or Taco Bells, <laughs> which it's another beef. I don't like the way they ruined the vista of my, the Willitzer Building oh my when God, those people my dad, worked so hard to make that yes, grassroot yeah. business beautiful. But you drive by now and all you can see is this giant Kentucky Fried stupid chicken. Yeah, I'm going to have <laughs> beef on animals. behalf of my dad. He thinks the same thing. Yeah, like, I can't believe they built a Taco displaced. Bell and yeah. a KFC would, next to the yeah. Willitzer Building. And those will look like trash and dilapidated rat-infested holes long before <laughs> that beautiful building. Yeah. Which people worked hard and put all their money into to to create those grassroots efforts yeah. to resurrect that building, but that's what Europe does. They they ban <clears throat> that. You can't knock down forests just to build a, a Walgreens. 
Not picking on Walgreens, just a disclaimer. <laughs> or Taco Bell or whatever. But anyway. No, I agree with that. There are so many buildings around here that are just nothing. Yeah. No, nothing, and you know. abandoned. They, just... Instead of killing wildlife, and they, they're doing that along the 192 for UB for student housing, for students that won't live here. Right. You know, after they graduate, they, they'll trash the place. Yeah. There's tons of other buildings that are already nobody's living and just fix those. Tons of tons yeah. of them. Everywhere. So, that's, that's that's a good point. And that's my big beef. And I've been complaining about that for a couple of weeks to anybody who will listen. So thank <laughs> well, you. now you have like a it. wide audience. Yeah, there, we <laughs> there we go. I like it. I support that beef. Me too. Uh, so my beef, I originally, I'll, I'll say what my original beef was. My original beef was going to be people licking their fingers after they eat something. <laughs> oh, man. I can't stand it. Oh, yeah. But I'll switch over because we were talking about wipes and toilet paper and stuff. So <laughs> It's kind of connected. Yeah. I work, I work for a... Uh, multi-million dollar company and well we're in a warehouse and we package we send stuff out i'm i'm looking at trading cards each week that are going for like twenty thousand dollars oh my god and so we're passing the invoice up and then you go to the bathroom the toilet paper that's in that bathroom you can't even blow your nose on i haven't even attempted to do anything else with it but i i've tried to blow my nose on it and it it shreds and and so i'll pick up than tissue paper Mm -hmm. it is and I'll pick up an invoice. I say, this is $20,000. This right here could supply us a year <laughs> Just of Just blow your nose on that paper. invoice. <laughs> yeah. Like this this 20000 from this one person could supply us a year of toilet paper. Oh, my That's God. That's not this thing. I agree. My, the toilet paper at my place of work is trash, too. It's awful. It's you have just to so thin. And yeah. To get it to come down, and, and it's like in shreds. Like, and and you like, you pull on it, and it breaks. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you can't I mean, even get enough of it. Right. <laughs> it it is the most outrageous, and I complain to everyone, and I'm like, I don't even use this stuff, but I'm a man of the people, and I I won't allow this. I can't sit comfortably knowing that that this is how you are all wiping. I know you're not getting it all. <laughs> that's that's a problem. And I I like your idea about the bidet, and I will say when I was in Europe decades ago for a concert tour it's sad that this is what i remember about <laughs> momars we went into that by the carousel the beautiful building but i needed to use the wc the water closet they don't have a lot of toilet paper there on a roll what you'll see on a little table is like cut up newspaper or tissue paper <laughs> wrapping paper and that's what you use oh my god and I'm not even making that up. And so therein lies maybe the reason why there's a bidet in every house. Yeah. Because they don't really always use, not everywhere. Like if you go to a highly commercialized bigger right, city right. and it's going to be, they're trying to get, you know, audiences from around the world. They're going to have all that. But yeah, there's places where the the toilet paper was just slim pickings. It's like leftover newspaper and <laughs> oh stuff God. they wrap a fish in, you know. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> It just makes so much sense to to use bidets. Yeah, it just does. So that uh, every I don't know so, somewhere's got to start. Maybe the theater will start, <laughs> and we'll put we'll put a bidet in each toilet. You could buy the one for like thirty dollars off of Amazon. Hey, if we okay. get more sponsors, maybe we can afford all say, these bidets. Yeah. Put a call out there right now. Take one of those urinals out of the boys' bathroom because I don't like cleaning them anyway. Yeah, <laughs> right. show, and then put a bidet there. Well, there's there's ones that you could just attach to your toilet. And oh, those are, okay. Those are the thirty dollar mm-hmm. ones. So it's like it's a normal toilet. Does it work? There's out? just a yeah. It does okay. yeah. That's all that's right. what I've had for the past couple years. And nice. It, and you I just get one. there's just a little a little lever on the side. Oh. You, Adjust, okay. adjust the, the the speed, I guess, and uh, <laughs> the force. The force, yeah, the force. <laughs> well, that's good to know for audiences too, because yeah, and I hate to get into all this, but there are people <laughs> who have surgeries that require that you only use that, right? 
like if, if you know certain surgeries you can't use toilet paper for a while until everything heals but you have to have access to something like that yeah. so that's good and I think everyone should have access. This this should be a, a thing. I hope everyone's proud of me as I discuss <laughs> the use of the days and surgery. <laughs> it's something that I think is is important. I truly back this. I truly believe this is important for the environment yes. and for the cleanliness of people. Yeah. Well, I'll say yeah, this. That's true. Yeah. So now I'm getting grossed no. up. <laughs> I yeah. Um, Mustafa, when I met him, he. In the Islamic culture, they have these, like, water... They're, like, pots or, like, buckets, and you use the water to, like, clean yourself when you go to the bathroom. So a bidet is a modern version of that Mm -hmm. because they... They they already recognize that toilet paper doesn't do the job. Yeah. So So this is something for for centuries, centuries. yeah. So this is something that Americans and the Western civilization needs to adopt. Yeah, absolutely. I I I back this one hundred percent, and it's just I it makes me sick because I know that 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 tissue paper is not doing anything at at work except making. I know it's not it skin dry. So I'm I'm sick to my stomach walking around the warehouse because I'm wondering who's who's been sitting on which chairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, absolutely, and 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 just the world. How many people are doing that in the world? So just. Uh, get up a day. It's very hail and sale of you. You need to like carry yeah. around like an osium to like spray every chair yeah. before you sit down because I, you don't know if somebody has used less than one ply toilet paper, right? And they've left residue <laughs> evidence of their their seat. It's funny that you bring that up. Oh my god! Because I was talking to my dad when he he. We agreed to do a new Lottie and Bernice this yes. upcoming season. I'm excited. And and so we're just talking. Uh, every time we get together, we'll we'll try to talk about something else, and we always just end up on the theater <laughs> and end up on like a five hour conversation. And I love it. Like those, I love those conversations. So I'm I'm talking to him, and he's telling me all his ideas for um, roughing it, Lottie and Bernice roughing it, <laughs> and. <laughs> I love every idea that he has, and we're 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 working together and figuring out different ideas. And I was like, "You should do a, a hail and sell bidet bit, or maybe that I can't remember if that was him or him or me. I don't remember, but a hail and sell bidet bit, and talk about <laughs> you know sell or, or either either you could do it either way. Either one of them could like right. it, mm-hmm. and the other's just horrified by the idea. <laughs> uh, that would be funny and and. Topical. I I I would love that. So I, that might be whether that makes the cut or not. We talked about it, and I think that would be hilarious. I love it. <laughs> and then if we had bidets downstairs, then people could could make their own calls on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I support it. We'll have to invest in them. Yeah, yeah. And the ones the ones off of Amazon, they were like yeah, 30, they're, they're not bad. But I mean, there's some, there's like five six toilets that we'd have to to get it for. But I I think it's something that we we should think about. I like it. Me too. That that'll be the biggest <laughs> the biggest change I make. It'll cut down on paper costs. It'll cut down on paper costs and and good for the environment. I mean, I'm I'm single handedly ruining our sewer system, so I'm sure there are multiple <laughs> other people. <laughs> I'm sure there are multiple other people like me out there who are doing the same. <laughs> Uh, I never, I, I never expected to get on that on this podcast. <laughs> I did it on on Dan and Ben's podcast, uh, whenever that was, <laughs> a couple months ago. 
But um, now here it is. Now it's out in the open. <laughs> Invest in a bidet and it'll change your life. Bidet, sponsor PSA. us. <laughs> bidet, sp- just bidet. Just bidet. Not just any bidet. Some of the theater... You're going to be shocked and surprised if somebody sends some. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, someone <laughs> listens and then we just get gifted bidets. I, I, I might cry, honestly. That would be, that like would be amazing. Some brand on there and yeah. you'll just be sitting there and you're like, wait, what is that? <laughs> There's, I know Tushy. Tushy is one of them. And they, they were talking about buying um, the, the Bills Stadium. Oh. So it'd be called Tushy Tushy no. Stadium or something. <laughs> really? Uh, but this was this was before uh, Highmark. Oh, okay. Oh, went man. in, but, but I'd rather call it Tushy. A Tushy would be hilarious. <laughs> you know how many things that you would, how many shirts you? Would, I would buy a shirt. I'm not a Bills fan at all, and I would buy a Tushy shirt. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Enough about butts. <laughs> um, let's get into let's get into you. Yep. Um, <laughs> <Get> into <laughs> Did you purposely do this? No. Do I? <laughs> my my plan coming into this was to talk about people licking their fingers after they have wings or something. That is yeah, a huge like that. beef of mine. Being a middle school teacher mm-hmm. and watching kids eat Takis. And then, oh. and then they Cheetos. come up to me and say, can I go wash my hands? I'm like, yes, please do. Please. But don't touch my door handle. Let me get that for you. I do. I'm like, I'm wash- I'm not. You're not touching anything that I have to touch. Yeah. So... Go wash that blue <laughs> dust off your fingers and stop breathing that chili breath on me. Uh, you know, followed by a Susan lime after. Get out of here. That is, it's the most disgusting thing. Oh, yeah. And then they'll just suck their fingers dry. I like, know. For, do you know what's on those fingers? And also, you're going to suck them dry and then start touching everything? Yeah. don't And don't touch my desk, any of that. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from the piano, please. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine. their hands if they're going to touch the piano, which I think is smart. That's smart mm-hmm. and yeah. fair, yeah. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I couldn't imagine being in that position. That just the, oh the germiest little... Some of them. Some of them are wonderful. You know, they yeah. they would over the years they come in the room smelling like peppermint and perfume and stuff, but some would smell like oh, right. old salami sandwiches <laughs> that left under a couch. <laughs> so yeah. It just depends. On a hot summer's night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that's another. We I've got a lot of beef with personal hygiene. <laughs> yeah, like half your beef is yeah. personal hygiene. That's why I want to do. Uh, uh, what's your beef show like? Yeah, there? yeah. You guys, you guys should oh rent god. this out as Lottie and Bernice, and do and do do your podcast. I think we should, and Hale and Sale should come too. Yeah, we could do that. And then uh, it, it'll be like an offshoot of is this. Is there a way for people to call in while you're doing it? Well, you yeah. could set it up on social media. Like, call yeah. this number at this time. And, yeah, I, I would call in. They can sure. ask us to solve their problems and things. Like uh, like on the the Buffalo Yak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I think that's awesome. Open mic night to air yeah. your beef. Yeah. I'd love that. Air your air your beef. We could try it on uh, air your beef out. Let's do. <laughs> we Let's could, do that. We could try it on on our podcast. See how it goes over. If it goes over well, then yeah, it, okay. that'd be cool to do like an offshoot Lottie and Bernice Hal and Sal podcast. I think mm-hmm. that's gold. Yeah, that'll buy a lot of bidets. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, all right now. 
let's get into <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, how long have we been talking about this? 30 minutes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 30-minute tangent of, of butts. But it's important to get out there. It, I'm, so, I'm so serious. I, I feel very strongly about this. Um, all right. Let's, let's uh, start with how, how did you get your start in the company? Okay. Um, Change a total shift of gears. Well, the, um, the very first time I ever did um, theater in North Tonawanda – was a year before your father took the position of director. Okay. But I was in a show, uh, two shows actually, because my friend Maureen had been involved and your mom had been involved too, but I knew her from high school, but we, um, we didn't become very good friends until we were in marching band together. And then she obviously had been part of it too. Like the NT theater workshop is what it was called. So the year that your father was going to direct, we all heard there's going to be this, director from Chicago. And so we wanted to try out. I had kind of fallen in love with music and theater just because I saw a stage play of um, when I was really little um, of one of the NT theater workshops before your dad was part of it and before I was part of it. I just saw it and I just knew I wanted to do that. I wanted to be up there and be part of it. But anyway, I came to the audition and I, I sang and, um, I was super nervous, but your father uh, came up to me after um, and then at the callbacks because there, it was over at the old um, North Tonawanda Library, which is the Carnegie Arts Center, okay, Cultural yeah. Center. We had done some shows there, a pretty cool place, kind of mysterious place. It was neat. We did a lot of <clears throat> black box type theater there, and it was really a great place to perform. But anyway... Um, he came up to me and he, he told me the part that I was going to be cast at. I was super excited, but I didn't exactly know who Nettie Fowler was. And I knew that I would sing, um, was able, was going to be, have the privilege of singing uh, You'll Never Walk Alone, which that, yeah, that in itself was cool. So that was my first part with the theater. And that- then after that, you know, it was nonstop. Yeah. Except for maybe two years, the pandemic. And one other, there were two summers that I kind of branched out and did some other things. But I came back uh, because our dear friend, deceased friend Carl, he said, you know, you should come try out for Oliver because you had done it before. Everybody misses you. You just come back and try. And I had been cast in Jesus Christ Superstar as Mary. Oh, wow. And down, we there was a theater company because I was doing some things with like Buffalo United Artists and musical fair at the time, summer fair. Uh, but it wasn't that production. I was in Jesus Christ Superstar with them, but it was a different company doing it. And a bunch of my friends that had been in that show said, hey, come try out. So anyway, it turned out to be a little bit of a bust. Really? And so I was not excited about the show and um, it was because the music director at the time, and I, I won't even mention her name. Quite frankly, I can't remember who it was. But she <laughs> um, had wanted her daughter, when she returned from college, to try to sing the role also. And I'm like, well, wait, where where does this put me? You know, I was getting paid for the production and things. Right. And the other director was angry with her because she said, no, no, this is the direction I want to stay in. We're not going to split the role or any of that. So this came up. And I wanted to come back, and I tried out, and I played Nancy then, and I was excited to come back, and I told them to pound rocks all because, <laughs> you know, 
I don't know. That's they so cool. It. Yeah. <laughs> then, and that was only like for two, I think one and a half years complete. Um, I just have trouble, like maybe 93 and 94 would be when that happened. So, but otherwise it had been a part of it every summer. That's so cool. And forever. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. There, you are the one who wrote on the board when I was born, right? Oh. Yeah. On that wood board? Yeah. So, I mean, you've literally been there since the day I was born. Oh, yeah. Aww. We had your, um, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, it was, I believe, the shower for your your baby shower at the theater. Okay. Yeah, because uh, we had, we kind of coordinated it for, now, that doesn't mean there wasn't one through your family, but we wanted to do one as a theater. Yeah, yeah. Group, so, yeah, I've been there actually since before we were there, you know, the right. Grant School days, the Riviera Theater days. I was just telling some people some of my little ghost stories from the Riv when we were doing shows there. Yeah. That I had, you know, so, so there's a lot. Yeah. In fact, that's <laughs> where... Um, Nobody's paying to see that was born. That saying, yeah. you know how we say that. Oh yeah, all the time. You know, you know how that started, or do you know this story? No, I, no. I don't know. The, this the story. big fire curtain was down at the Riv, but there was like a little peephole, and people kept like trying to look out and see. And it, <laughs> one time it was Julie and Debbie, and I were like, "Quit peeping out there! Nobody's paying to see that." <laughs> we we're just like, "There's some sayings," and she, Julie's probably laughing right now because. You know, she's the mental archivist. She remembers oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So she's probably saying, actually, that was at Lowry when you said that because I was peeking out the curtain. So I, it was one of those two times. But she used to always try to look out there. Yeah. So. That's yeah. funny. You guys have so many sayings from over the years and so oh, yeah. many little things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head because there, there are some that I, I still don't know the, the origins of, the mysterious <laughs> origins of. Um, I don't know. If I think of some, I'll, I'll have to bring them up. And we used to rehearse at, at the the old Colonel Payne School. That was kind of, we got, there were so many stories about that. We were also at the old Willitzer School, too. Right. So, um, yeah, the stories and the <laughs> memories. See, everything I I know is, is obviously after. And so I didn't know anything before that the ghost light building was a, was a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's so cool to, like, I don't know, hear all, mm-hmm. all four of your different perspectives on, on where you were and how everything went. We had some cool rooms there, and we had it painted the ghost-like colors. Did you know that? It was no. black and neon green striped. Really? The walls were black, and Deb painted the the bottom wainscoting like we, we did, like, green and black stripes. Oh, that's and cool. Then, yeah, it was, like, the bright green. And then um, we had, like, on the doors different things. And then there was the costume loft was on in the rehearsal hall. Okay. Where she used to paint the backdrop every summer. Yeah. Like just on the floor up there. But then there was this long coat cubby room thing that we would sit there and wait to make our entrances because the room would get too crowded. But your father didn't mind us being in there until there was nights where he couldn't concentrate. So he said, you know what? Everybody pick up your crap <laughs> and get in that cl- coat cubby. <laughs> Because I can't, you can't be talking in here. So the character in here, we sit. When <laughs> of course your, your dad, your dad's not like that dramatic. But some of the things that he said just make me laugh because he'd say, "Who's eating in here? You can't eat in here. I can't listen to crunk, crinkling chip bags." One of the funniest things he ever said. 
Um, well, anyway, the kid they'd go in there and eat, and you hear people eating. You say, I can hear you eating in there. <laughs> so you please stop the crunching. I'd appreciate it because he's trying to, like, do Scrooge. Right. And there are kids in there talking and everything. One of the funniest things he ever said, we were rehearsing at Lowry in the summer. What we used to do is – this was Payne Junior High, if you know where that is. Um, oh, yeah. On, yeah. So By the baseball field. That right? Lowry Auditorium was where we did our shows, our summer musicals. That's how we started. That was our theater. So we would rehearse in the morning from 9 until noon, take a lunch break, which was always way too long. <laughs> then we'd come back and do crew in the afternoon. But then toward the show, it was crew slash dance. And then in the back chorus room, uh, my friend Dale was the costumer at the time. This was, you know, the very first year. Right. She'd have everything all set up back there. She'd be working. And then it became your your mom and her sister, Nance, they would be sewing all summer long, sewing, 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 costumes from scratch, okay? They'd go by. We'd go do a big blitz the material day. Because, you know, back then, you have to understand the sign of the times, too. There was no Internet. So right. we couldn't really, like, order things online or you know, queue it up on Amazon and get it all in a cart and have it whisked to your house. Right. And there was the the cost of renting was exorbitant. So it was easier to build. So really your mother and her sister, with the help of like whatever crew would sew or help, and I'm sure I'm missing an integral person aside from I mentioned Dale DiBernardo. Yeah. She she sewed. And others, um, a friend, Kathy Kurzweil, who passed away, she sewed in the beginning, too. Anybody who could at least try would be employed to do it. But it was like the entire summer it took right. to create all the costumes. The first Wizard of Oz, all made from scratch. Wow. Anything you can imagine. Cinderella, every costume, mm. the ermine gowns, everything, all made from scratch. Wow. That's She insane. made all of the... Um, Every single Christmas Carol costume, scratch. Little Women. I mean, anything. Anna Green Gables, we made these big quilts and all these dresses, everything, all made from scratch. So that, to me, right there is impressive. But it just, like, we had to have that divided rehearsal schedule. But one of the funniest things your dad said, back to the snacks, <laughs> he'd say, please stop snacking in the auditorium <laughs> in the middle of the rehearsal. And the one girl said, and I won't embarrass her because I don't even know if she would even be connected to the theater anymore. But she said, um, I, I'm not snacking. I, mean, I wasn't eating. He said, but you are, though. He said, as a matter of fact, if that chip bag was, if that bag was turned inside out, I wouldn't even know what was in there. <laughs> There's no remnant of what was in there. But, you know, you can, in his usual fashion, oh, the yeah. way he says things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm going all over the place, but I just have no. so many memories. It's just like... No, I, I, I love yeah. that. that. That's what I love, and, and I've never heard that story. That's... Yeah, I've never heard that either. Yeah, we had one room at the <laughs> Colonel Payne that was just a rehearsal hall and upstairs of the loft because it pulled down. Danny had built you know, um, an upstairs, and that was all costumes. The next room was like props, and then in the basement was the workshop where you built all the sets, and we had like the drills down there and the drill press. But everything had to be built down the basement, come out the service door, and then come up to the third floor, mm. be put together so we could rehearse in it. Then we'd take it all down. You probably have heard all that. Came down three flights of stairs mm -hmm. in a truck, put it up, and the night of the show closing, take it all down, Take it back to the center and unload. 
Oh my god! Yeah, that's what. So oh, your when you said. talked about the earlier thing, I'm just going to give you a little advice because I know and I remember all too well. It's so hard to work all day and continue and then go right back. Yeah, and then the next day all over again. What I try to do, and I've always done this, I try to compartmentalize, especially at the height of my busy. If I'm like, um, if I was doing a show at school, plus I'm in a show, plus then there's regular classes like work. I try every moment I'm at. The, the one thing I'm doing, I try not to think about the other thing. Right. So, yeah, then there's that that night time when you get home and you have, like, a little time to just decompress a bit. Just make sure you do that before you even think about going back to the project. Because there's always the weekend pocket, pockets of time. Right, right. At least there should be. Yeah. So, you know, give but compartmentalizing is the best thing because just be in that moment when you're there – and don't be thinking about the other things because you'll yeah. that's where your brain gets overloaded and overwhelmed, I think. But yeah. I think like we were talking earlier, I think you everything's gonna be very successful. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it'll be successful. My my big problem is I'll I'll go to work, I'll do that, and then I, I leave straight from work. My work is ten minutes from the theater, so I leave straight from work and, and go to the theater. No break in between. And then um when I have that time at night if I'm not cramming something into my mouth, then I'm <laughs> I am I'm working on the script. But it's like that that's the time to eat. I eat mm. at ten thirty at night every oh, night. Yeah. That's my dinner. You know what? That is so late. I've been living that life, unfortunately, yeah. for th- I'm going to say it thirty years. Yeah. Oh because God. when we're in show mode, and I'm doing a show at school, I leave Hamburg. I would leave there at five. Yeah. If I came home at all, it would be to just slap food on the floor for the kitties right. <laughs> or the cat. If I couldn't, uh, there would be times where people could help out there or they would be there or whatever. But, um, yeah, then go to – you can't eat before rehearsal because whatever you're going to even attempt to eat would be here. Yeah, right, So right. then I can't eat until I get home and relax, which is at 10 to 10.30, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a tricky schedule, but it's such an actor schedule. That's m- most of, yeah, they eat, you eat late, like yeah. night owl. Right. Yeah. And that's what I think is so cool. And maybe what people don't completely understand is that, like, that is most of the people's schedules who come in and, and do anything. is a, They right. work all day and then <laughs> do rehearsal and then eat that late at night. So it's like. That's what's really cool to me. Nobody's getting paid here. There's no yeah. secret about that. Right. None of us are getting paid to do any role. So the passion that these people actually have to do this is amazing. And I have to remind myself of that uh, quite often. It, it, whether it's a play or a musical or anything, mm-hmm. it runs in your head nonstop. And to to give that all that time to something is it shows how passionate everyone really is about what we do. I, I know. I, I That's why I always admire greatly. I mean, uh, what... You know, I think of your your mom and dad, and I think uh, of your mom like tottering all the children, plus working all day, and then being like she'd come and she'd boom, she'd be the person on stage, yeah. and I'd be like, "How do you have that in your head right, right. now?" So, I mean, um, that that right there for for is another like layer yeah. that you put in there. That's just, but again, once you're on stage, if you do compartmentalize and you just forget about, I think that's what it is. People yeah. want to forget about. They want to become this or create it because you are creating another human being, another yeah. entity. When you're playing a part, you become that person. Yeah. And that's another thing that's draining as a director. You're creating not just one person. You're creating like a whole village of people that's, and yeah. a story. 
Yeah. You know, and that right there takes sucks so much of your energy. It really does. It really does. And I've gained a tremendous amount of respect for you, my mom, and my dad. Um, I, because I was off of Frankenstein. I, I did Frankenstein, and then I'm like Which immediately great, on. Thank you. Fantastic. Then I was immediately on Sweeney Todd, and it's like, all right, now I got to get this whole huge summer thing going. And then the very next show that we do after Sweeney Todd, I'm also directing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So it's. It's so much work, and I and I love doing it. Like if it's if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it because it's it is so stressful. Well, you know what you do over the years because I'm not comparing it to, completely because I but I did aside from the theater at our um, at our obviously our beautiful theater. Yeah, I've been directing at school all right. these years, and I ran a summer theater program for over 23 years called Creative Dramatics. I kind of designed a thing, and this was before we did the theater classes at. The yeah. theater, yeah, yeah. which I was thrilled to teach in the beginning when that happened because I had the time to. Right. Now I'd have more time, so I'd love to eventually put that out there. <laughs> but anyway, um, I understand. Try to just co- think of them as different accomplishments. Like when you go to start your theater class, just enjoy that. That's more of a developmental thing. Like you're not putting on a show per se. You're you're kind of nurturing talent. Yeah. Um, so that is a totally separate thing. But try to find the parallels between the production part. Right. So over the years, I kind of created a journal, and the people are taking over for me at my school took all these copious notes on their Mac about the process. Some of the stuff's going to be the same. Right. You're blocking. Not the way you block, but like the process. Like yeah, yeah. this is a music rehearsal. This is a dance rehearsal. This is just blocking. This is that. That stuff will become so second nature to you that the only thing cram in your head is going to be the creation of the characters in the story. Yeah. So you're, yeah, I mean, you're already getting all that dialed in. It feels like momentous now, but once you keep doing this, it won't seem as overwhelming. Right. Because your dad would go from one giant project to the next, to the next, to the next. That's, and, yeah. Or be in them as well as your mom. And you just, and that's how I feel too, you know, or have felt, um, but you just uh, you just kind of find the similarities, yeah, in in what you're creating, and say, oh yeah, this is tonight. This is Act One, right? And then when I'll take notes on what needs fixing, and then I'll find the little pocket in the rehearsal. That's a great thing too. Yeah, is that like uh, to me one of the things that I find you can accomplish a lot in is if you give yourself just a half hour at the beginning of your next rehearsal. To fix what was wrong. Yeah. Or 15 to 20 minutes at the end of that night right. to fix it. Say, let's just pinpoint these things. Because then the actor goes home with it in their head. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's, I'm going to be quiet because you already know all this. No, no. <laughs> it's like. Because yeah. you guys have been doing it for forever. And, and my, my dad doing the four main shows a year. I don't know how. he. I truly don't know how that ever happened. I could not do four shows in a row. That's two shows in a, in a row is like already like yeah. uh, overwhelming. So right. four shows, I, I don't know how he did it. And and to keep the quality that he kept throughout all four shows is insane. And then uh, you and my, my mom on musicals for how long did you guys do them? Well, I mean, I keep saying like it's been 40 years that I've been involved because I was 18 when I started with your dad. Yeah. Oh, wow. But then there was two years it wasn't there, then the pandemic. So that's what, 37 
either in it or helping direct music. Yeah. But I can't even remember how many seasons I've actually been a music director. I think at least 30. Yeah. Wow. But that's all I can. I, I don't want to misquote. No, no, no. you know, I know our archivist, Julie. <laughs> I love Julie. I know she knows the exact number of everything, <laughs> right. which I love about her. She yeah, just can. Oh, yeah, I if know. I have or if you wonder where something is, she often will know where it is, too. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, you guys have done it for for so so many years, and and it's it's so much. It I'm drained this whole summer. I'm I'm already expecting to be drained. But it's like I'm I'm it. I love what I'm what I'm doing, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. But it's just again, like I just have a tremendous amount of respect for for both of you for doing that for that many years, and for my dad. You don't you don't see this side of it. So right. that that's for everyone listening too. You don't see this side behind everything. It's like, oh, yeah, they they get to direct this. Like, really? No, they yeah. they earned. I, and I can yeah. tell you personally, and I know some of my friends uh, can attest to this. Aside from what all the props or anything I've done at our theater, when I directed school, I spent a lot of my weekends making or buying or shopping, just to create and make sure everything's there. Right. Because it's a different group of production. We. The kids will help, but they they can't go shop yeah, or right. buy or create. They can help with that, but but when it's at even when you know how it is, even at the theater, it's not always a consistent thing where you could say, "Oh, these people will be there." Yeah, right. And I can count on them to do this. You just I mean, have to rely yeah. on your list and hope they show. Yeah, how many? I mean, how many times have people not shown where you had to change something? Oh, I know, <laughs> I know, just to fit what the people the amount of people you have now i know yeah it, it that's been tough with this show and i know you've experienced it with every show that you've done joanne um the the people leaving or the people just not showing up yeah it's a, that's always difficult like if they it in the schedules too like this hmm, the ske- summer yeah. schedules yeah <laughs> like trying to make a rehearsal schedule around lakeside vacations right. and weddings and graduation parties and all of that that's always been an issue yeah and then and then i plan i plan and i plan for i don't know these 30 40 ensemble members and then uh i don't know 15 20 of them quit wow and it's that like, many i don't know if that's accurate at all honestly I'm just, it just feels like yeah, it. yeah it feels like it so it's like things are going to change and things mm-hmm. are going to continue to change but like mm-hmm. And we talked about this last week too. My my dad Jesse and I, like that's that's the art of it, though. Right. It's going to change and it's going to grow because there are forty people in this room right now, and we're all going to put our ideas into this pot. And that's my job as a director is to to cut the fat, cut the the ideas that don't work, and and I don't know, but put put out the best product that we can put out. Yeah, and you're still going to be able to make a very powerful statement with the amount of people you have. Oh yeah, because when I, you yeah. look at a show like Sweeney Todd, I, I was saying it earlier. It's almost like an operetta because you're they're singing throughout. Yeah. There's music threading the whole thing, so that's a concern because you want that to sound. But but it's all the acting part of it. It's yeah. the it's the the drama and the darkness of that story and the cool twists and everything. And I, but I think that. Um, you're going to be able to make that visual. There, there's a visual part of that show too, yeah, and a mood that you create, yeah, that is kind of supersedes the music, right. I think, yeah. It's like a mood that and that you go for. But that's all I'm going to say because there's going to be people listening that maybe don't know the story and maybe don't want to. So <laughs> until they see it, so I just want to shout out a few uh, cast members. That it was um, uh, this was a few weeks ago. 
we we walked through the the whole ending part and there's a little dance that Sean and, and Jenna do and so we ended rehearsal a little early and I was like all right everyone go home enjoy your night uh, I think it was a Friday and Sean and Jenna were like Can you go up and play this music and they worked through their entire dance good and I'm I was like I, if anyone had any doubts about either of these two right there there it is and also um, each time that they come in. Even if it's the day after, if we have a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday rehearsal schedule, they come in a completely different person on Wednesday than they did on Tuesday because they are putting in hours into what they're doing and just displaying for everyone. Like if there are doubts in the ensemble, if there are doubts, I don't know, uh, people sitting at home, there there shouldn't be. That's cause, awesome. Because they are working their butts mm-hmm. off and showing yeah. that they're they're taking leads. Shout out to them and mm-hmm. to you as the production crew because if you have really strong leads – and they're setting an example. Yeah. They're going to motivate the ensemble. They're going to inspire them to to kind of rise to it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, again, if you lose some people along the way, like, you, you know, it's frustrating, but you're still going to be able to put paint that picture you want to paint yeah. with the best of the best. Yeah. So look at the show we did last year. We had how many people on stage singing. Right. Right. I feel like that was a strong show with the uh, the acting, too, that yeah. with Julia and Vijay. I just think that. It can be done. Yeah. You just, it has to be, like you said, the the best, of the, I just said, the best of the best have to rise to it. Yeah. And they will. And they are, as you hear. As you yeah, they say. will. I have no doubt. Jenna yeah. and Sean will. I know you're, oh, putting, yeah. you're probably putting in your, all you, you got. And that's, that's great. Yeah. So. And there, there are a bunch of people and like, like Jared too. Jared um, has said extra hours on crew helping me with the chair mm-hmm. and just these people who want to be here. And work their butts off for it is like that's uh, it's another reminder. Like this is why we're. When doing is this. your crew for the summer? Uh, do you have different hours? Uh, we want to put that out there. We're doing uh, yeah. Crews are are nine to noon every Saturday morning. Okay. Um, not this coming Saturday because I'll be in New York City seeing Sweeney Todd on Broadway. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. That is that is um, exciting. Very very exciting, and it's. It's great because um, I often would like to – I've had the, the pleasure of seeing a live performance of something before I do a show. Yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be the same show. But all of a sudden my wheels are turning. I'm like, wait, oh, yeah, I love what they did over there. I could try that. And, you know, even if it's a different show. So that will be really mm-hmm. a great Yeah, I think it will be a great you. tool yeah, yeah, to, to, to try to utilize. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But um, – Kind of back to what we were saying before, where, where, where you guys made it work with what there, there were four singers mm-hmm. last year. Um, that's why I, I I told this to my my mom too. I was upset when West Side Story was canceled when you guys couldn't do it because I was so excited for both of you to uh, just blow everyone away because because everyone was like, oh well, we don't have the people for that, we don't have the dancers, we don't have the singers. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to see how both of you overcame everything like like you always do like you have the past every summer you've done anything there so i i am still upset to this day that that didn't happen because i know you guys would have just blown everyone out of yeah, the water I think that story um is another example of a story that would supersede like the need for all the the dancing although that that would be a big undertaking but i know it's something deb could handle and she would have had the people lined up next to her to help um, cause it's like, you need a dance captain for a show like that. Yeah. yeah. But the story there 
And like everything from the rumble to the scene with Doc and everything, that would have been fun to do dramatically. Yeah. That's why I always think I admire and your your dad when he first started doing the musical, his focus in the, from the very get-go was the story. Right. If you don't have a story, we don't have anything. Right. Because um, and that's so true. I really, I have fond memories of Carousel. I know everybody has mixed emotions about it because yeah, yeah. it was our first show. But I love that story. It's like if you ever read the original play, Liam, it's like a dark carnival story with a character who he, you know, he's got a a drinking problem. He's got this. This woman, Miss Mullins, who's like the carnival lady, she's kind of a bad influence on him, but keeps, you know, kind of fancies him as her boyfriend. And he's she's older than him. He's disinterested, but he he's all she's all he's got. Yeah. Until this other little girl, Chippy, comes along, Julie Jordan. And it's a cool story. Like it's got I think somebody should redo it. Yeah. I would love to see it again. I'd love to to see us do it again. And, you know, any bad memories that we might have had from it, get them out of there. Because that was your dad's first show. We should do it. And it's cool. You you should look at it because you could really make that carnival a lot darker. There's, like, some deaths in there. And you could – I don't know. But anyway, back to what we were saying with that. He made that story pop. So the music was great, but it was – it's, like, secondary. Yeah. It rides along with the story. So if this that's weak again, you know, and the costumes have to be perfectly aligned with that too. Yeah. But if there's no story, the costumer can't really figure out what. You can always tell when you see a show that the production team was not on the same page at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, why is he wearing that? Yeah. Because that isn't anything like the character that's trying to be portrayed by the actor or the director. Right. So what do they got that on for? Right. You know that kind of a thing. So. Uh, but anyway, I don't. I feel that our company is not guilty of that. I think we always have a cohesive team. Yeah. If not for anything else, you can have people quit. You can have somebody not do the strongest performance under the sun. You could have somebody who sings um, not the best, but there are such great actors that they sell the song. But we always have had co- cohesive production team. Yeah. So the show is liked by people because they can see where it was going. Right. But. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, all right, let's get into your your acting. We 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 touched on the the <laughs> music directing part. Um, do you want to ask our age old question? <laughs> um, what is your favorite perform er, play that you've seen and been in? Does it, it has doesn't have to be one and the same? It can be, but it doesn't have to. Okay. So start with scene. What's the, what's your favorite show you've seen at at our com- with our company? It's tough. I know there's a ton. It's really hard <laughs> because the past few shows I've seen have been so great. So my brain is going to gravitate. I thought you did an amazing artistic job with with Frankenstein. It was thank you. But one that sticks in my head, it's not going to be recent because. We're going back pre-pandemic, but the birds that stay. Oh wow! Okay. I've always loved that. The first time that was performed, I saw it when I had left the group, and I secretly came to see it at the Riv. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was blown away. 
and loved every minute of it. But when you guys did it the last time, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just like perfect. I I love that play. I love that script. So many people like it. That I have to see movie. it at some point. That should yeah. be a movie. So should all through the night. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I could go on, but those those would be fantastic movies. It, it's a feeling that that my dad can create, and just like 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 you're you feel like you're there in in yeah. Birds of Say and All Through the Night and Halloween Dreams. I yeah. And we we talked about that. You brought it up. You're like I. Like I, I'm like we have this little world on here, like and, mm-hmm. and he does such a great job of of creating that, and you feel that from the audience. Like I want to be part of this little world that's happening mm-hmm. in front of me. There are two shows that I loved performing in that I feel like I there's really like more than two. Okay, so, but I'm going to avoid the obvious. I'm not going to bring up the Lottie and Bernice. Okay. okay? I loved being in Halloween dreams last time. I felt like we were in a totally, I didn't feel like myself. I felt like we were in a totally different world. And I loved playing Van Helsing and Nosferatu. Yeah. I I really liked, I really immersed myself in uh, Lizzie Borden when we did that. Um, but I, I guess I would have to say there, I, although I played Van Helsing several times, there was one particular time that I felt like I was, yeah, it was like it, it really exciting and Treasure Island too. Yeah. I know I'm giving, I can't say this many. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> cheating. That's cheating. fine. Treasure Island was phenomenally fun too. Exciting, like invigorating. Like I felt like we were pursuing the pirates. Yeah. And like, you know. I loved running through the audience and jumping off platforms and things. Yeah. And Nosferatu too. So I I genuinely love when Superhero. you're on stage in oh, something. Thank you. And and my sister Rose and I were talking about this uh well now a couple of years ago. Um but you're just you're very real on stage and likable mm-hmm. on stage. And oh, it's just you. like I agree. I want you to, to do more. Like there there are there are parts in everything like, oh Joanne could play this part, but I know I know life is yeah, but it should and, be a little bit easier now. Yeah. I should be able to to definitely partake in more things. Like I every I'm thinking like every role like like when you were the the mother in, in Frankenstein and I rewatched that. Yeah. Multiple multiple times. I loved playing the the blind woman in that too. Yes. That was mm-hmm. that was a nice variety that he gave me because I didn't expect to have the two parts, but it yeah. was it was nice to do both. So yeah, you did great, and you do great in, in, in everything, and it's just it's a joy to watch you on stage because you're very real. And oh, it's, thank it, you. Yeah, I agree. You have some like it's very. I feel like your presence is calming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and like you said, very real on stage. You just you bring the character to life with ease. Well, thank you. I I don't always feel it. <laughs> no, it's and when you did, um, I think this is maybe one of my favorite performances of yours was the first time we did a night of dark intent. Oh, I love that too. And you were, you were scary, but at this, like I, I remember like not feeling this way about a character before you started scary and intense. But then like, there's also this, like, like you said, Alex, like this calming bit to it. And I've, I've, I was mesmerized when I was young. Like, oh my God, this is well. Thank you. I, <laughs> when we did that beginning, I remember my goal in that first scene where she appears yeah. was to be vague because, as an actor, I was like, I need to portray to the audience 
that I could be, I don't want to give it away in case we ever do the show, I could be a villain. Yeah. But I also wanted to be like, I might just be agitated and I'm looking for something. Yeah. So I was like a character choice, but also trying to figure out how to portray both moods. Yeah. Because you don't say anything. Right. It's there. So. And then when you, you chase, who do you chase? Was it Julie? Yeah. You chase right? Julie through the, the, the room. And she talks about how horrifying that was. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> you were just actually chasing her through the costume room. <laughs> Scary. And and that it, I was I was scared. But then there was also like you just – you played that really, really well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And also obviously Halloween Dreams I think was just a, an incredible performance. Thank you. I think sometimes you, you probably are feeling this too, both of you. The more shows you're in though – you don't want to you don't want to forget like what you felt when you played those parts but they get to be so many you oh, yeah. for, you've, you don't remember until somebody brings it up. Right. It's like oh yeah. That yeah. was so yeah, they all have to we have to do that again. We had that like document going of every show. But we should do is like make a template where everybody can fill in the part that they were that show. Okay, yeah. I, I, I need to – I could help with that. That's yeah. I'm not going to put another thing on somebody. <laughs> but, like, we have that 25-year book. Okay. We've we got to have a copy of that somewhere. We do. But I know exactly where like, it is. T- give me a copy of it. I'm going to make a, a Google Doc and expand on it and keep going. And then people can, like, fill in because you don't want to forget. Yeah. Yeah. Like a journal. That idea has been getting tossed around a lot lately. And uh, I was talking to Tracy about it. And I knew you were going to say Tracy. <laughs> such a great yeah, job with everything she does, she, that I, I just know. want to give her a plug there because yeah. I see all that she. I can see all that she's doing. So. Yeah. No, she she is just the biggest help, and and uh, I, like I I have to wait for her at crew because like she's such a big part of the set and the vision. That like mm-hmm. I want to run everything through her like before mm-hmm. before it comes through. So she's just a really great creative mind to have there um but we're yeah we're tossing around the idea of of doing like like my sister rose had the idea like a yearbook and oh, yeah. um have oh, everyone's yeah. oh, wow. thing but I, I i would love to have like that's an a ongoing great idea, though yearbook. yeah that's perfect yeah and then like have it have it for each season but like i'd love to do like like the 25 year book but i love the, the what she that is a great idea mm-hmm. yeah like with photos and like yeah, would it be yeah. digital, like virtual, or would we? That's all it? stuff that's just like floating Thoughts. in the air. That's a cool idea, though. Yeah, I love that idea. And I'd love love to do it and get it out. Um, but it's just a, a matter of finding the time to kind of meet and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe that that'll happen soon. If there are people who are interested and on board, then let me know because then uh, it'd be a lot easier to have somebody besides Tracy and I do it like a committee like a mm-hmm. committee yeah. yeah absolutely yearbook committee yearbook oh my god just <laughs> like at school yeah. Hey? yeah yeah that's why they do it I guess because <laughs> yeah. um, I know they're, they're, her and I are she's doing the whole program the whole ad that's a whole nother thing ads mm. if you want to take an ad out in our program it'll be in the five main main shows of, of the season is there a PDF that I can print yes okay yeah, there's a it's on the website uh, I gotta... I, is it on the website? I, I'm not sure if it's on the website, but we posted on There's a social link. media about it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. There's a link. Okay. All right. Um, Thank you. I, know uh, you're doing I had a question about that, though. Is 100 the lowest you can yeah. pay? Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. 100 will get you a business card size in the program, and then Got it. it goes up For this up from program there. only, or is it a year thing? I, I'm only saying because I haven't seen the form. 
it's it's gonna be from the spiral staircase to Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh. But it's like, not gonna include the Night of the Living Dead and the, the butterfly show. For only a hundred. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a yeah. one size. I think yeah, that's, that's the small still a size. Very and then, good deal, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it used but to yeah, be, for but, all of them. but it, I, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was just the ads were only for this program, but that's great. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is really a good, uh, a good price. So everyone hop on that mm-hmm. if you want to. I'm going to take one out for the podcast. Oh, nice. Well, we should split it. Well, if you sell a hundred dollars, uh, we're going to have a, a members only ghost hunt. Well, not members, just people who sell $100. Mm. Uh, we're going to have a ghost hunt. I've already asked some people, so hopefully. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then I want a, a podcast one. We have to figure out what we want to put in there, whether it's just a logo or it's something fun. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Whatever that, happens. That is a cool logo, though, by the way. I think I mentioned it earlier, maybe before we were on air. But I really like that. Thank logo you. Logo for the podcast. It's... We spent a while trying to figure well, out Well, he what did it all. Do. But yeah, I really liked it. I always liked the ghost with the mic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> really neat. It's a great idea. I made the the ghost during uh, COVID, and and we had the naming contest. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And one one of them is Van Ghost. The other one is Stage Fright. <laughs> I love that. And we put them next to each other, like the the theater faces. And yeah, I like Stage Van Ghost. Yeah. Stage Fright was VJ. That's, I, that's cute. I give that all to VJ. Great, great. Shout out VJ. Shout out VJ. Um, him and and Tracy got their shout outs. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I shout out real quick to everyone who's been perpetually keeping everything going. It's not easy, I know, yeah. because for for decades I was part of that, as you say, pillar, being there for each and every show, and I just couldn't be this year. And and I've been, you know, not always able to be the past few years. But those that are, I know what you're going through and I know like what you're talking about earlier you're that schedule but but you're doing it because you love it and your yeah. passion is there and and it shows when we come see the shows so thank you shout out to everybody yeah <laughs> yeah shout out to everyone who's who's keeping it going uh that's yeah that's for sure and it's it's weird how how much like it changes and grows mm-hmm. cuz uh when you and Deb stop showing up to like everything which like again that that that's life that's how it works um, it was like, how are we going to like continue? Like they, you guys are main, main, main parts and Jesse too. Jesse had to step away and it just kept going. And, and you guys didn't just like, oh yeah, I'm just up and leaving. Like mm-hmm. the amount of stuff that you both have taught me and the, the stuff that Jesse has, has taught me too, is like, that's how it's still going because of what you all did. Well, thank you. But that's what, and, and like, you know, everything that your father instilled from the beginning with your mom the the whole idea that like the ghost light keeps burning bright like there's always new people to take that i remember even last year when tracy was at the crew for the first time your mom met her i said oh no you you don't worry about her cutting out the flowers she's an artist wait yeah. till you see what you can do and you know and she immediately of course said oh well then have her do this 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 and then you know she can mix paint on like on a dime and yeah. take our leftovers and make a beautiful color. I mean, she's just so, you know, and so, and then Sean can just step up and, and take uh, over where I left off. He's got this. I mean, even during Beauty and the Beast, he and Liz were integral in, in helping with those coral parts because it was just too much for one person. Oh, yeah. So, plus, um, so, and he was in it as well. So he right. had just directed. So, yeah, you're going to find those people that can, you delegate. And that's what I think our group does. You know? Yeah. 
and in every show you might have somebody that does something different, but then those people either stay or they bring more people and you know, think about all the people that you've got since the zombie show even, right? Didn't Sean come on board then or was he yep, there before? That was right. that was Sean former student. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I remember you. Years ago, I remember you brought it up. He he mentions you on the podcast. He gives Aww. you a shout out. Oh, that's, that's sweet. I yeah. didn't get to hear them all yet, but I do listen to them. So I, yeah, we have so many, and they're all long. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's tough to start from the beginning. Um, but yeah, he he was talking about how how important. I won't spoil it, okay. but just how important you were to. It's very sweet having them. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I remember when he came on and. Uh, either you brought brought it up first, or I asked you about him, and you're like, "Oh, he's just a great, great yeah. person, good, yeah. great singer, great everything." So, like, to have your stamp of approval was oh. was important too. That's very sweet. Um. All right. So, I I want to talk more about because I feel like we we neglect on a lot of people's uh, episodes. Are there their roles and how many you've truly fulfilled? And mm-hmm. and um, and if you just have stories about your roles or, or I, i'll start with with my favorite halloween dreams what was it like to to take that on because you you came up to the ranks on that one right you you played um uh, april first uh yes wait wait in halloween dreams yes no i i didn't oh yes that's right the, <laughs> that's the voiceover correct the 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 mom the no, mother well isn't isn't that autumn maybe that's autumn that's yeah, Autumn. That's Autumn. Autumn. Yeah, right, my fault. Right. My fault. <laughs> but the very first time they did it, I did the voiceover for it. For the, okay. um, Car- is it Carol? The Carol. That- yes. Yeah. yeah. So then that then after that, I couldn't stay to be part of that, but I did come see it. Um, but then yes, I played Autumn the last time. This the first time alongside of Deb. I would tell you, um, I really loved doing this role. I was uncertain if I could take it on but when you said about the rehearsal starting in August that was the key I was like okay good I'm not at school yet my brain won't be preoccupied by other things I really think I can sink into this and I think the lines might come back to me because your your mom's performance as Graham was so strong and so stellar and I remembered it almost like a like a movie it was right. burned into my brain so when I was saying the lines it was just coming back to me her saying it yeah. So I was trying to change it a little bit, but I have to say, it kind of like ripped off her performance as Graham. But I loved, <laughs> I loved what I brought to it also. So absolutely. I, um, but she, yeah, that I. One of my favorite parts about building all that was the monologue about the husband. Yeah. Um, about him, and then just the, my favorite part of the whole thing, the performance was just talking about let. The the way your dad wrote that is just genius about turning my best colors. That is such a great line. Yeah. That's like equivalent to Edgar Allan Poe's each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Like when a, um, a spark falls out of the fire and you watch the wood twist and just die. That's Poe's, my favorite line of his. Your dad's line about I'd turn all my best colors and just let go like a leaf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is genius. Yeah. That's, that's a cool line. I, I couldn't wait to say that, and I just want to make sure I had the monologue right. That that part with uh, you and Vanessa and the way that you guys worked oh, it and gosh. played with each other was just amazing. I mean, that, that we don't often show off our our actors, 
like we we do a lot of, of visual stuff, and that's what I love. I love working with the visual stuff. So when my dad writes it in, and that's why I love doing his shows because he knows what we do and he knows what we do well. So it's all the visuals first and all the fun Halloween spooky visuals, mm-hmm. and then he's like, now give these two actors a chance to tear the house down. Mm-hmm. And what you guys did with that was worth the price of admission right there. And she is amazing to be on stage with. She's very calming to me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I enjoy being on stage with her. I feel comfortable as I feel with your mom. Yeah. And she and I have a different comfort because we're so used to each other. We're like the same brain after a while, your mom and I, but but with Vanessa. And what was so wonderful was I said those words about, you know, putting, he was wearing his best brown suit. And I said those words years earlier so reacting to her monologue was cool because i remember saying it yeah so it made that mother daughter thing even stronger because i played the daughter now i'm the mom right mm-hmm. so that was cool that yeah. was kind of a neat feeling so i think that's why that worked and it, then being on stage with your father is pretty horrifying when he's scary yeah he's right scary yeah and when he's funny it's impossible not to like bite your cheek mm-hmm. without bleeding Right. So, yeah, being on stage with him is always a challenge. Yeah. Because of the drama <laughs> and or because of the humor. Right. <laughs> yeah, that scene was great when he came up behind you and he oh, had the hat and, and was so a, um, the, the priest. Uh, you, the way you played with everyone in that, it was just – it was really fantastic. And that's uh, – re- having to replace my mom in roles, I said this before, no. is not easy. No. And it's, it's certainly not easy for – a director to have to find somebody to do that. And it's not easy to be the person that's going to do it. Yeah. Because, but I know her well enough to know that she'd be uh, like open to, and she's always like that. She can't wait to see what people are going to do. Oh yeah. You know? Like when we went to see all through the night, you know? Yeah. So it was just, you know, watching another Trudy and another Violet. Yeah. I wish we had been able to go at the same time, but we right. couldn't. But that too, you know that that's weird to watch, but cool to see. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's uh, certainly hard for the the people who have to step up and take the roles. But I was I was panicking for Halloween Dreams because my mom's version was iconic and it was great. Right. And everyone loved it and remembers yeah. it. And so, and, and and it's not. I'm never scared about what what she's gonna think because right. I know she's open to to everything. Absolutely. And she'll be very honest about how how people do, but. The audience, like, are they going to reject this person immediately because it's not my mom? Right. Because that, that's just a, the effect she has on these roles. She's a, a great actor. Right. So uh, you I, – I, I talked to you during the musical. I just came up to you during a, a rehearsal. I'm like, um, I just want to tell you I think you should audition. And <laughs> I'll just leave, I'll leave it at that. And I was so glad when you did. I was super excited too. But I didn't want to say because I didn't – I know – People think, oh, well, Joanne and Debbie get whatever they want. That's not true. I was very nervous about it, and I was, like, didn't want to get my hopes up. Yeah. You know the saying. It's true. I didn't want to hope for it because I didn't, I honestly wasn't sure if I'd get it. Right. But I thought, I'm going to go and do the best I can. So I was nervous about auditioning. And and I was I was, I was very glad when, when you did audition, and it just, it, it fit. Everything just fit right away, and, and it was I it, it, there I was so comfortable with all through the night the first time having to replace um, both you and my mom mm-hmm. 
Uh, I was horrified doing it. But then once the people stepped in and started changing it, then I was like, okay, I'm comfortable. And, and then having you for Halloween Dreams is just like there's comfort in this because it's yeah. going to be different. And they brought a totally different um, air to that. I would love to play that again with her someday, though. Yeah. I, w- I would. I hope that she'll be open to someday putting that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I would because I would love to do Trudy and Violet again. A- absolutely, so. yeah. Yeah, I I can't wait to do Alter the Night again. I, I it's just one of my favorite plays. And you guys, that was everyone's problem throughout the whole run. And it was everyone who was who was on stage together was like, you guys can't copy them because then right. it, then you'll fall short, no matter what. But you just you have to change it and make it your own because both of you have that. And and Vanessa has been the one to step up into she's had to do that yeah. quite a few times multiple times yes. for for both you and deb and mm-hmm. the, but she yeah. always does she, always yes. she does right yeah. out of the park i mean you know her performances van helsing was phenomenal she's and i she doesn't get nervous she she would never say it but she doesn't get nervous about that if she is she would say it after like oh i was worried yes but she always she's so strong on stage it's she really amazing. is yeah, and she yeah she's had to do that with with and and the the effect that you and Deb both have on roles is just long lasting and and every, it's a challenge to step up into each and I I told um, even your your part as as mother who like and Frankenstein like people would be like oh maybe that's too small of a role I from the jump I told Amanda like you can't be Joanne but I I need you to have the same effect that mm-hmm. Joanne had from this role. And you get however much stage time you get, and I still think about your performance from that. So it, oh, it, having these quote unquote small roles, uh, it doesn't affect anything because I, I there are multiple roles I can think of and multiple people like you, my dad, Jesse, um, Deb, who, who take these small roles and mm-hmm. steal the show. And go, like you know, I think of last summer with oh, Julie's impact on that musical. Oh my God! You know, that so wasn't funny, yeah. in, quote integral part, but it was. I mean, she yeah. was hysterical. So was VJ. So mm-hmm. there's another example. You know, both of them are. Yeah, are, yeah and sometimes those list. are the supporting characters are my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Um, is there a role that you have struggled with? It was a little bit more challenging to get into than other ones. Hmm. Yes, I do recall. Um. I was in, and I loved this show. We did 10 November. It was about the wreck of the Edmund okay, Fitzgerald. Yeah. I was super excited about it, and I, there were, uh, we were playing multiple parts in that. Um, there was one scene, though, where I had to play one of the wives, and for some reason, I, could, I couldn't tap my usual, like, I couldn't get the characterization, and I right. don't know why to this day, but I, I struggled with it. To the point where I almost felt like I couldn't even memorize it. Wow. So I don't know if it was, and now looking back, you know, much older, I wonder if it was written weird or what. Right. I mean, it was a um, a different uh, scriptwriter. It wasn't your dad that adapted it. Um, but maybe it was just because, I, I don't know. I really don't know. But I had such a tough time delivering that particular character. And I was challenged once when your your uncle was ill and he couldn't play Marley, and I had to play Marley, but I ended up liking it. Yeah, I had to like. They put my voice through a, like a thing, and I did the best I could with it. But that was in your dad's version of it, where he appears in the beginning. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but that was a challenge, but I think I overcame it. That, that I think was okay. Would love to see that now. (laughs) However, that ended up being, but, um, yeah, that that one role. And it was a shame because I liked that show about the Edmund Fitzgerald. It was kind of cool. Yeah. The way that was set up. Oh, I've never heard of it. Oh. Yeah, it's just called 10 November, and there's scenes where you've got the, the guys on board talking. You hear from the wives who lost their husbands. Right. So. My dad and Jesse were talking about it last week on here. They both, I mean, Jesse loves it. It is cool. The yeah. music is great, too. Um, totally worth, you know, looking at, you know, and maybe doing again. Yeah. It would be one of those musicals or those shows where you would do like as maybe like an adjunct type of thing. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you'd make it like a main stage, but mm-hmm. I like what you guys are doing with by adding in little things that yeah are you know enriching, right? Like butterflies and yeah, and you know having other extra projects. But I know there's not a lot of time. You'd have to have extra people too. Right. You can't do any more than you're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't think there's room for more. Yeah. It gets, it gets real busy. Uh, that's why like, I, I can't wait for the day where I can just fully commit. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, this is, this is my, my job, my life. And yeah. And then I think we'll, we'll, but you know, even when I look back, like I had to give up, we were talking about, and I love that you're, you're doing that again. You're, you're bringing that back or, or considering it. Cause I'm not sure if it's something that is going to be able to happen with everybody's schedule, but like the, the singers, I loved doing that concert. Yes. But then life got in the way. Cause I had three or four concerts of my own at school. Right. I was in and still am in choral arts and there was just like too much going on. Yeah. But if you have enough people and they could kind of pull these things together in their own yeah, and then just you basically use your space, yeah. so to speak. I mean, they're part of the group, obviously. Right, But right. they're using the stage. Yeah. You know, then you can do all these things. But right. when you have to be part of every one of them, it's uh, you can't. Yeah. You can be too divided. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I, I hope uh, that turns into is kind of its own – thing and i'm really excited because i i loved when when you used to do it and it's it's something that we need i think it, yeah it's it's i mean i used to love too when we caroled we mm-hmm. would just go caroling um at the the botanical gardens and things like that people okay used yeah to love to come in here you know we'd, we'd wear the the christmas carol costumes right and we would do it on sunday nights just like one or two set of it but you could pick like two or three days where you would do either or make that part of the concert. Yeah. You know, whatever you end up doing. Yeah. I, I really I, – I would love to recreate because the four of you have, have come on and had these crazy stories about things that you always used to do mm-hmm. or like you all would go out after or something. Oh, yes. And <laughs> – Those were fun times. <laughs> and like I, I want I want that for, for this new direction that we're moving in and this new the, – all the new people coming in. So – but you kind of do that now. Yeah, but you? I think that's happening. You know what we did it mostly was before all of you kids were born and stuff because we would be rehearsing till 9 or 10. Not one of us had eaten because we'd worked all day. Yeah. Come and done the shows and then we would just go and pretty much pay for the banquet rooms that are at Payne's because <laughs> we they should sponsor just as Payne's <laughs> should sponsor the <laughs> podcast. No, because we, uh, we'd go there and, you know. Yeah. Eat food and... and Drink, I think it was Kanai wine at the time. That was the brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we even had wine, sometimes it would just be coffee and 
soda and just goof around. Yeah. Till way too late. Till they right. said, get out of here. <laughs> the lights are off everywhere except for over your table. Get out. So, but we would have just a blast. And those are great. Like, I love those those stories. And I, I want to get to a place like that again. And, and yeah, we kind of kind of have it. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, just build, building up the morale again and having right. a group that that sticks around and is well, involved you know, in everything. I think, I think that's part, happening. It, it is because I think last summer I was really – it made me uh, feel good to hear – that people were taking little trips together to go see, like they went out to, um, I think they were going out to East Aurora to watch the pavilion play yeah. that a couple people were in. And they were, they're going to go do dinner first and stuff like that. We used to just do all that a lot. I think as we all grew up together, right? we're young adults together. So we were hanging out that we were each other's friends and we still are, of course, I don't mean it like that, but that's what I think I do see all of you. You do hang out and go places. But we'd go, like, to amusement park one day. Yeah. You know. Right. Crystal Beach Day, your dad would drive the bus or Debbie. They were like those little vo- buses. Yeah, yeah. Right now, you could never do something like that, the insurance. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we would be doing that, or we would go to – one time we went to Chautauqua. Did he tell, ever tell you that story? I don't we think so. We took the little Vanagon bus there. We took some kids and us, and we were kids ourselves, but yeah. we had this little gaggle of kids, and we went to see one of the productions there and then stopped and got lunch or whatever. But you know what else we used to do, which was kind of cool, and I will never forget these days. We ate lunch together. Like, everybody would pack a lunch or go grab lunch and then come back, and yeah. we'd all sit at the picnic tables and eat our lunch. And then go back to rehearsal. That's fun. So that was kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it was just like, um, you know, like kids, but you, you, you don't realize, but your kids are experiencing that now at the theater. I see it. As a teacher, I see it. If I come um, on a Saturday and they're doing their cast, their little snack break, yeah. that's a big deal to them. Right. That's their time to kind of socialize and hang out. So when you have your little... When you're having your class, have a little snack break so they can have that camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, but that's important. That's when those friendships begin and they bond. So Yeah, that's a good point. I do think, and I said that at the meeting, mm-hmm. I, I do see that happening quite a bit now with this group of kids. They're all good friends. So I like that. Good. And it, it was fun. Um, you just made me think of when we had them on the podcast for our 10th episode. <laughs> oh. And then we all walked down. There was how many of them? I don't oh, know, yeah. seven, eight There's, or something. Yeah, eight, maybe around eight. And so we all left here, walked right down to the theater, and we all had pancakes. And, See? Yeah, and, yeah that was cool. That was fun. It was a and, fun time. And, you know, your mom always fostered that at rehearsals, too. Once, and that's, oh, I'll say this off, but that she, <laughs> used bring, she used to bring, like, once a season, and I did, too. We even did it last year, bring popsicles or something for the cast. Yeah. Just to say, everybody take a breath, let's like have fun tonight and just like do our thing but then have a little like something special mm-hmm. you know, okay just... then yeah i gotta do something like that then like it because that's what it's about mm-hmm. that's, if, mm-hmm. if we're not having fun then then what are we right. doing really um yeah i like that i'm like sure that. you that's are though yeah no there we have our our moments of fun and everyone laughs and, mm-hmm. and that's a, a great deal but yeah something just more team building stuff because mm-hmm. that, that's what it is your your team coming into it um okay i have a i have a uh kind of big question here okay are you what do you lean more towards are you more of a musical person mm-hmm. or do you do you like straight plays 
I always use Les Miserables as my example. Okay. I love drama way more, and I love music, but choral music and teaching music. But I don't necessarily like the meshing of the two always. Okay. But there are certain shows that I do, like Carousel comes to mind. I keep saying that all the time. And Les Mis, because I think it's the perfect blend of drama and music, story, characters, music. Yeah. There are so many musicals I don't care for, though. And I'm not a big proponent of... I'm probably going to make a lot of enemies on this. <laughs> I'm not a big like proponent of all the musicals that are out there now. like Because I think sometimes they get a, a topic du jour and then write music to, go, to make it fit the story. Instead of having a freaking awesome story and yeah. saying, let's make this into a musical. Yeah. So that's... That's how I stand on it. So I have no preference, but I prefer to be in dramas unless it's a great musical with a great story like Cabaret. Because what your mom did with Cabaret meant my made my character so much more relevant. Yeah, right. Um, that's, I, is that, did that answer the question? Yeah. So yeah, I prefer drama, but I prefer choral music over, t- over that. Like working with a chorus yeah, yeah. and singers than working with musical. All right. Oh, that makes is sense. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. That is fair. That is fair for sure. I love Les Mis. I'm not – I know a, a, a decent amount of the musicals that are out there now, but like which ones don't you particularly like? Well, I guess I would say that what I said earlier to, to not make a lot of enemies and to not show my ignorance, I am not a big fan of all of them. So I don't know the whole okay. total yeah. true story right. of each one. Right. Because when it, if it's based on a topic du jour, I'm like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want to get it, delve into that. Yeah. But but to that to the credit of those kinds of shows, years ago, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll listen to it, I'll watch it, I'm sure it's okay. But Once on this Island was a show that I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm yeah. not interested. Come to find out, it's phenomenal, and I was happy to have done it twice. Um, but I, yeah, sometimes when it's because years ago when Rent came out, yeah, okay, um, that was a topic du jour. It's dated now, but I love the music from it. Yeah, separately. But when you watch it, if you watch it now and it's it's just it doesn't work anymore, so to speak, unless I've seen a crummy production of it. I just doesn't work anymore because it's dated. But right. you, there's no way to update that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So. I mean, I know that that's years ago, but now I like the song You Will Be Found from Dear Evan Hansen because my oh, kids I love that song, yeah. did the musical. But I'm not so sure that I would enjoy watching that play over and over again. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've heard that about Dear Evan Hansen. I I have to see it. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know some of the, the music in that song. is just I love Ben Platt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that music, um, that particular song, like I said, I did with my chorus at school, and I love it. But um, I think sometimes, though, in theater that happens. I'm not like an expert, but I'm just like, I could say, I think sometimes shows are going to reflect what's going on in the world. That's, yeah. you know, but that's like a different art form than storytelling 
of like a show like a Frankenstein. Right. Like of a, you know, nonfiction. I'm not yeah. so It sh- seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, no, no. but you seem to like um, shows that are timeless and like universal. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's, thank you. As thank opposed you, to something that's just stuck in a point in time. Yes. And can't really progress any further I, than. And I love historical fiction. But I don't necessarily like um, a documentary type of piece about the here and now mm-hmm. made into a show, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you. So yeah. like a Hamilton, right? Like you're I, not... just gonna, yeah. I think it's creative what he did. Yeah. But I, I, I honestly feel that he really just took like Eminem and put Eminem out there. And I love Eminem. If you, if you listen to some of his early stuff, that's his style. But I'm not so sure that historically they got the right true historical fiction of that. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I can definitely see it being biased or like mm-hmm. partial to. And I was like that when Titanic came out, the movie, and when Hamilton. Everybody just shoved it down your throat so much. Yeah, you didn't right. know if you were really going to like it. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're going to love this. You got to do it. You got to do it. And you see that. I mean, I know with teaching middle school. If I some kids are like Hamilton, who? But two years ago, that's everywhere. That's all it was. Yeah, so it's right. it's um it's a hard call because sometimes I think we get confused by what everybody thinks we should like and what we actually care for. No, I'm not I, so I, sure I took it apart. I'm not so sure I've taken that in uh, fairly. I guess I could say I, I think I'd have to watch it now again and really take it apart because I think I was just so hammered with everybody saying you have to like this you have to like it it's like a disney film you have to like it it's right. disney that's okay. well that's the biggest is it really example disney or did they like take somebody else's work and put their stamp on it mm-hmm. that's the biggest yeah example i 100 percent agree with that uh like everything that you see disney do now is or marvel an offshoot of disney or, or star wars it's the same movie Everything you're spending money on is mm-hmm. the same movie. I'll tell you how it ends. Mm-hmm. I will. I'll spoil it for you. The good guy will come out on top. <laughs> and they're like, oh, what about Infinity War? What about that? And what happened in the next movie? The good. I. That's what I can't stand. And that's. It, it, and it happens a lot where it's like this musical is good or this movie is is good that that everyone's telling me it's good, so it mm-hmm. must be good. Like, no, that's not. Rarely is that ever the case. And it's always nice when a new audience is, um, is gained by a resurrected thought. But I'm looking at – like I'll, I'm going to pull this one. This isn't brand new, but like The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the yeah. musical Notre Dame. Because I sang there, I sang there so I, I can say no, right. Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, when that came out, you know, they sing the portions like Kyrie eleison and everything. That's from centuries ago. Right. That was sung in Latin in the churches – different settings of that but there to a new audience or to a child that's just seeing it to them it's like oh i like that part that kyrie eleison oh that's from hunchback of notre dame no it's actually from centuries ago the mass setting in the catholic church right. but again i i think that that happens all the time in oh, art yeah. yeah it's always recreated but being told you have to like something that's different than just experiencing it for the first time yes I'd rather just do that before I go see something. I don't want to be told that I have to like it. I agree with if that. If that makes sense. So. No, because I felt the same way about Hamilton at at first when everyone's like, Yeah, you were not about it. Because everyone's like, this is this is the beginning and end right here in this one This is music. the Bible. 
Like, is it and though? And the Torah. Is it? And, yeah. yeah. That, that is how people were. I did see it at Shays, and I, I did enjoy it, but now, like, hearing your perspective, I recognize that, like, there were individual aspects that I enjoyed. Like, I do like the uniqueness of the rapping in a musical. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I do too. And the the characters I liked, but also maybe it is a story that was romanticized into a musical that was about a period of history that wasn't as magical as they make it seem because it's now a musical. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's cool that they brought forth that time period and made it like hip, you know, that's cool. Um, But I would like to see uh, people like the producer and the music director of that musical give credit to people who inspired them. Like the fact that that turntable stage was definitely Les Miserables. Uh, there's a rhyme in there where they say model major general, which is Pirates of Penzance by Gilbert and Sullivan, who were some of the best operatic writing teams of England century and a half ago. Um, but you can't because when you're a modern composer, you, you can do this every day, USA. A song that was written in the 60s that was just recorded by somebody, their name is now on it. Like it's yeah. their song. So mm-hmm. that's... I I get bitter about that kind of stuff (laughs) because being a music teacher, like I get bitter when I, you know, somebody thinks that a certain song is from a commercial. It's like, no, actually. Yeah, right. Beethoven wrote that. Mozart (laughs) Mozart wrote the Queen of the Night aria. It's not an Etsy commercial where the kid's training his bow tie. Right. The reason they're using it is because it's a classic. Right, right. So. Yeah, no, I could see how that gets frustrating. I do really (laughs) like Lin-Manuel Miranda, though. Yeah, he is. Oh, but. I hope he can continue to create and not be um, told what to create, you know? Right. And, so. and that's the problem, I think, working for Disney is oh, yeah. now you are just their, I don't know, their their product. Right. Yeah, and, their brand. Yeah. And that's not always the best thing. Well, everything with Disney is also, like, formulaic. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, every – it all kind of ties together in the end neatly. Right pretty package mm-hmm. and i mean that's not necessarily gonna get the emotion and relatability that you want you're right out of a story yeah. you're right and i think there's a place for that too like when kids watch that or you know they want to come and see a disney musical because it makes them think of when they were kids an adult does um i think like there's a place for all that but yeah it's mm-hmm. not going to give like the impact of a story. Yeah. I mean, we all want to feel good, right? right. So like sometimes yeah. we're going to Right. So sometimes you everybody has those feel good movies yeah. and And I and I love I love Pixar. Oh yeah. But it, like you said, those are the movies that you put on and you're not going to be challenged. Yeah. You know what to mm-hmm. expect. You know yeah. what's going to happen from start to finish. Same with the Marvel, same with the the, the Star Wars stuff. Uh you're not going to be challenged. You know what's going to happen from start to finish. And so like that's great if that's how you take it though. But don't try to expand it into, oh, this is the greatest well, thing that, ever made. It goes back to your original question to me. Yeah. Um, how do you compare musicals in theater? You can't always because sometimes the musicals are – like I love the musical Anything Goes. Yeah. But it's just like a fluffy farce with great music, with right. great little characters. It's kind of like a guys and dolls on a boat. Yeah. I love it. I think that more people should do it. Um, but it's not like something you can sink your teeth into like that's going to have like a – a cool, like, suspenseful twist or anything like that. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, and that's been the problem with picking Sweeney Todd. Uh-huh. Is uh, I've gotten a lot of audience uh, feedback 
and certainly feedback from my grandmother of um, <laughs> uh, like why did you pick that musical? That's not what I want to see. <laughs> that's I, not what I want to see. I want to see the love, <laughs> the love and romance stuff. And I was like, well, if you watch right here, these two love each other, and then. Um, this one's going to get their throat slit. So it's like, <laughs> right. It's, it's different. It, it's, you can't just continue to go with the, like the fluffy, not, I mean, but then the audience is never going to be challenged. Exactly. And the audience that you have right now loves that kind of a thing. Like you're going to, an audience that loves night of the living dead is going to love a Sweeney Todd. Right. An audience that likes nightmare before Christmas and corpse bride is going to love Sweeney. Todd. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's good. Yeah. And you know, and you'll see the art in it. Yeah. But the love and the Yeah. It's 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 a dark romance. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we talked about different Sean and I are talking about different musicals for the next coming years and we, we're going to mix in some like Mamma Mia. You're not going to be challenged. You're going to go and you're going to have a good time. You're right. Exactly. And that's, that's great. And so we will mix that in, but we're not just going to. And that's one of my go-tos for feel good. Exactly. <laughs> I watch that for fun. I just love, and I listen to music. And, and I love it. Music's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And that's where they, they thread a story to like existing songs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. And you, you can't go wrong. You can't, no. it doesn't, the story, whatever, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you're just there to listen to the music exactly. and have a good time. And so we will mix that in, but if that's all we're presenting you is fluff on a platter, what are you going to do with that? Right. You can't do <laughs> anything really with that. That's not really what the, the company's all about. I no. think you're all very good at, and, and, and your dad's been very good at choosing things that, that kind of are a nice blend. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can't have just that every right. year after year. Right. So. And the same goes the other way. Like I can't just do all the the spooky, right, uh, dramatic stuff that I I love doing. Mm-hmm. And we will get to fluff and and all that. But I I don't know. I love a challenge first off as a director, but to challenge the audience, I think mm-hmm. is something really underrated that the, nobody's getting from movies nowadays. I can't remember the last movie I saw that like recently that uh, challenged me in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Well, you know, it's hard, and, and you've got audiences now. Like, you, the short stories are making a, a giant comeback because you have impatient people now. Yeah. They don't want two hours. They want a half hour. Right. And then they want to switch gears and have a whole other story. Yeah. So um, it it is hard. I It's so challenging to pick a season. I can't oh, imagine. Oh, my God, yeah. But, you know, in order to have enough time to present everything you want to, it's it's hard to whittle it down to what – Picking six or seven things for the whole year, yeah, yeah, it's hard. Very it hard. is, it is, and you have to take to take into account who you have, mm-hmm. um, what kind of audience we're we're kind of aiming for, and and doing Sweeney Todd was a risk, which we kind of knew from the start because our our mainstays they're not going to love, they're not going to love it, right? Like like the people like my my grandma. I'm sure there are multiple multiple mm-hmm. people who are like, I will watch this because I don't want to see it. Right, and that's that's fine. It is what it is. But I I hope that we get new people in, and this hooks them, and they uh, they stay and see what else we have to offer. Because I think the mix we do is is well. Every time you have a show with different new people, you're going to get a new crowd. Then yeah. hopefully build you right know, with one or even if it's just one or two people you catch in that season net, then they're bringing another two people. So before you know it, you have more, you know, a new crowd. Yeah. You can't just do things for the people that 
are just your mainstays either. Right. You know, that's how Rosie, our lovely usher, came on board. She came to see um, Nonsense a few times. And then she's always, and she's gotten four or five people to come yeah. and start with season tickets. And they're always excited about seeing what this, because they don't know it. Uh, right. They they don't know a lot about theater, and that's the best audience member you can get. Yes. Somebody who said, wait, I don't know what I'm going to experience here, but I can't wait to see what it is. Yeah. And they either love it or hate it or love it and, and say, I, uh, or rather not so great and say, I, I'm not sure I, I understood that. Yeah. But that's a good, honest way. But they still, people still keep getting season tickets. Right. That's a great, I think if we can get most of our audience that, that's yeah. great. That's yeah. a great success. Yeah. So you want people who come to experience theater too because they right. don't know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And to have an, an honest reaction to it. Like if somebody doesn't like something I direct, that's that's fine because it's it's maybe not their style, but like at least they're they're taking it in and mm-hmm. and forming an opinion rather than just sitting there and taking whatever because that's so much of what everything is today. All the movies are just at face value like there, there, there's nothing deeper than what is on the screen right. and um it's hard to find i don't know good good outlets like that today where, where you can i think they get sorry true. No, no, i no. think they get lost in the mix because there's so much out there that's true that they're now hard to find like with all the streaming platforms the good ones are just somewhere just not everywhere anymore. You're well, streaming's so made it so right hard about that because there's so much to choose from. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like sift through and find what is, it, or it could be great, and you'd be like, "What was that?" Now that I watched, yeah, you know, it's buried amongst the streaming services. Yeah, yeah, and that's that sucks because Carla and I would go to the movies once a month. Mm-hmm. We'd force ourselves to see whatever is out there, and it was actually a really good time to do it. It was uh, 2019, I think. So that was. Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, all really uh, good, challenging movies. Uh, and, like, we, we would love to go and see, like, a, a Pixar and see something, whatever. Um, right. But now you can't do that because, like, all the all this stuff is coming out on streamings, on streaming services, and the stuff that's at the drive-in, the stuff that's at the theaters. are Right now it's, like, Transformers, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I can't even think of what else is out there. It's But it's crap that I don't want to see. Right. Like, that's not... I don't want to buy into 30 other movies for this movie to make sense because I don't have the time and I don't care enough about this. And that grand irony is you're (laughs) as much as we've gone completely digital and viral and everything else. We're relying on word of mouth. Yeah. Right. My brother will say, you got to watch this movie on Netflix. It was really super cool. Do you see that one about the the Yeti and it's Christmas time and. I'll have to no. share it with you, but like this, this is the kind of stuff I mean. Like I wouldn't know. There's so much out there. How do you have time there's to sift through that? So ridiculously much. Stuff so you out there. have to like rely on word of mouth. Yeah. Say so you can do that with theater too. Say yeah. you've got to go see this because, or you've got to check this company out because that's what restaurants rely on too. Right. Got to go try this place. Right. You know, as much advertisement you put out there, it's always going to be your people that are putting it out there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I've got. Do you have anything to add, either of you? I'm honored to have been a guest. <laughs> Thank you for coming yeah, on. That's Thank it. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm uh, so excited to have all four of you together at some point. Oh, that'll be great. I know. I know. And that's why uh, we kind of avoided talking about Lottie and Bernice with Deb and you now. So once I would love to have you two on 
and then maybe do all four or all four. Then you have you two, whatever. Because uh, there is so much to get into about Lottie and Bernice, and <laughs> if we do the the four of us, uh, I'll bring I'll, I'll volunteer to bring some of the the snacks we used to always all yeah. chomp on it. <laughs> <laughs> but the four of us used to always hang out. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun to. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that just naturally, like things would start flooding back. Yeah, or the six of us could go to Payne's afterwards. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's all I've got. Thank you for coming on. I, Thank I really you appreciate so it. much. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, wait. <laughs> Follow us. Oh, wait. <gasps> we never even did that. What well, do you got to uh, do? Oh, the, the vocab. Oh, the vocab. I'm talking about the... I'm What's getting the this vocab? Is it theater vocab? In. Uh, we have a, a segment <laughs> where we, we do vocab because I repeat the same phrases okay. quite often. And uh, it sucks. The app sucks. They're words that I have not used since I've read them on the screen or on oh, this podcast. Oh, okay. So you have to like get, be given a word and then you use it? Yeah. Oh. And uh, it's just the words are not good. So I, I say absolutely a lot. I say what else do I say? I don't know. Totally. We have, I want to make the shirt. That's that's what the merch, <laughs> totally. the merch will come in. That's like, <laughs> yeah. I like that word. Yeah, I use that a lot. I, that's a good one. That is a good one. That's a great word. Um, once again, we are sponsored by JDS Electrical Inc., licensed and insured. Call 716-523-2711 for all your electrical needs. Again, they're a great company. They'll get in and out fast, fix whatever you need. To be fixed. Uh, worked with them for a while. <laughs> Definitely trust my uncle. He he's the one who rigged the whole the whole building with electricity at the theater, and it's been going strong for twenty plus years. So that's <laughs> there you go, yeah, right there. And all the really? windstorms and everything we've had, <laughs> oh, and yeah. it's still chugging. Like that's that's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. Um, okay, you want to do the social media now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll do it. Follow follow us on social media at Starry Night Theater, on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Have a good week. Bye. (laughs) 